Me Time and Murder is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Oh, well, big surprise. I have like a bit of an abscess in my tooth again. Like I need to get this tooth taken out. Yeah. So if I can't like... Wait a minute, wait a minute, taken out? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I just need to like... Is it one of those back ones? The back ones? Like the molar? Like, yeah. Yeah. What? (laughs) Yeah, molar. Yeah, I knew that word. Yeah, molar or like, it's, a, it's not a wisdom tooth, or it's a molar. Well, I do have wisdom teeth that cause problems for my other oh, no, molars. Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, I they're didn't all know like... your other normal ones were. Yeah, so oh, it's yeah. like, yeah, so if I can't like laugh as much, oh, it's because of oh, my abscess. No. Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah, it really it sucks. be a somber one then. No, well, you can Serious laugh for one. me. Okay. Um, was topical ibuprofen on? I don't know if topical oh, ibuprofen. Oh, is that a thing? Oh, right. I don't even okay. know if it works or not, but I'm trying it. But I um, this is my me time, I suppose. <laughs> oh, God. Well, but, yeah. God speed. <laughs> but yes, yeah, so I've just got a few antibiotics and painkillers. Mm. So that's my me time. What's your me time? <laughs> my me time is a little bit more normal. Uh-huh. I am just doing my Garnier banana food hair mask. Mm-hmm. And we're going backwards today. What about your tea? I'm doing a tea, but I mean, is this a tea? Huh? Hmm. Is it? it doesn't say the word tea on it, but it, it's a tea bag. So it's the Twinings. I think we talked about this way, way back uh-huh. when the podcast first started. It's the Twinings Cold and Fuse. I think so. The tea- yeah, you put the little tea bag in the in the cold water. You let it sit for like five minutes. So I've got the rose laminate one today. I also have the strawberry one. Mm-hmm. The strawberry oh, yeah. tastes a bit art- artificial, even though these are like 100% natural, which is weird. There's something about like dried strawberries and I don't, it does taste fake, taste artificial. Yeah, it's not the same. Yeah. Something, yeah. But this rose laminate one, it kind of tastes like you're drinking potpourri, but in a good way. <laughs> yeah i like it i like the rose is an unusual it is yeah. unusual it's like perfumey but i really like it and i gave it to dan last night because <laughs> so here's a good trick uh-huh. i had these so dingle gin we got uh so a, a gift for christmas some dingle gin and it came with these lovely big gin goblets like really mm-hmm. like well made uh-huh. uh, goblets and they're just really nice and big so I put my rose lemonade in there and I put one of my like metallic reusable straws and like Dan walked into the kitchen and he was like oh, "Ooh, what's that <laughs> you know because it's just like it was pink and it was in a gin goblet and it had a straw and like he thought it was something so I was like yeah, yeah I'll make you one <laughs> It's <laughs> like throw a tea bag in some water and then he's drinking and he's like mm, he hasn't a clue what it is <laughs> but um so yeah there you go put any drink in a gin goblet and people think you've done something yeah then they want it too i bet you if i had said to him do you want some rose lemonade tea he would have been like ew no you know? <laughs> so you don't say what it is so why am i talking about that Yes, that is my tea. What well, are you my, drinking today, I'm Mary? also not really drinking a tea. I've got my first ever kombucha. 
Oh, first ever! Oh my god, I've never this had one. I'm gonna open it. What I don't do know you? if they're oh, proper. they're not all made equally, so do not judge this if you don't like oh, it. No. They're not right. all. I got this one. It's a little can. It's like it's an by initiative. Remedy. I got this kombucha, no sugar, naturally, and this flavor is ginger and lemon. Oh, nice. And is that the brand? Oh, no sugar, enjoy. naturally. Is that or no? It's no, what's, their name? what's the brand? Remedy. Oh, I. Oh, yeah. Gosh, I've had. They're the cheaper, not in a bad way, but like they're mm-hmm. the more affordable kombucha. You can get like a four pack, kind uh-huh. of like a four pack of beer. Uh huh. And is this the, the plum same? One. Is it the same? Nice because the I've seen that. Does it have the kombucha in it? What do you mean? Because I know it? that, like, I think the kombucha is meant to be in the bottle. And it's usually in like in like a brown glass bottle because it's a live bacteria. But I'm like, how can it be in this tin can? Like, I don't know if the mother is in it. Like, I don't. Mm. I don't know if it is. But the the, the all the there's loads of kombuchas canned over here and in plastic bottles as well. Oh, are they? I thought they were mostly. I know in glass. you think it should be in glass, but the that remedy one is nice there's another really nice one called low bros that's my favorite kombucha is low bros raspberry and lemon oh Oh my god it is like a dessert it's like a it's a uh kind of like a uh, like a what's that lemon meringue pie it's kind of like that oh it's so nice oh okay guys so let's just get into it today we are going to talk about the beast of manchester do you know this case, Tress? No, I don't. Yeah, I didn't either. Um, it, it is the case of Trevor Hardy. Mm, no? Okay. He is also known, Trevor Hardy is also known as the forgotten serial killer. Oh, right. Okay. Well, there you go. Okay. <laughs> oh, no, wait. No. Ah. <laughs> Betty hates that. Wait, is he alive? Don't tell me. <laughs> you find okay. out. Mm. And many thanks to our patron, Deborah. Oh, Capes Cassidy. Capes? Capes? Deborah Capes Cassidy, who recommended this case. Um, thank you, Deborah. Over thank there you. On yeah, I'm super intrigued. Um, yeah, she picked a good one. Quite um, okay. unheard of and quite brutal. <gasps> oh. oh, here we go. We've got some drama today. Okay. Trevor Joseph Hardy was born in Manchester, England on the 11th of June 1945 in Newton Heath, some area in Manchester, I don't know. Okay. He was the second youngest of four children born to an average working class family. Unlike his siblings, Trevor was a terror as a young child in primary school, a school he refused to follow any rules or instructions from teachers and was a violent school bully. Mrs. Hardy was put under a lot of pressure to control and discipline her son, but she was also struggling. Trevor was violent and disruptive back home too, in the Hardy household household and the neighbourhood. So it was only a matter of time until he was shipped off to a youth detention centre. For years, Trevor was in and out of these places. Recently, when psychologists look back at Trevor's life, They theorised that one of the reasons Trevor had such a violent temper in his youth was because of sibling rivalry. Right, okay. (laughs) What a cop-out. 
Trevor was the youngest and spoiled hardy boy for eight years until his little brother was born. Some retrospectively suspect that Trevor couldn't handle less attention. But another major theory and, and tick in the McDonald triad is what what do you think happened to him when he was little? You know the McDonald triad? Bumped his head, wet the bed. Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> It sounds like a nursery rhyme. And did it all over again. The third one. I know hurting animals is a thing, but what is the third one? No, you're right. No, no, he just got one tick. One tick, I think. But what well, is that's the all other we know. They, oh, isn't it like hurting animals? The triad is three animals. Oh, I just said them, but are yeah. they right? Yeah. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. I'm pretty sure that's it. It's like wet in the bed, animals. And brain injury, head injury. It just injury. feels like the yeah the cat the, the animals one feels like it doesn't fit because like the bump the head feels like not his fault. Wet the yeah. bed not really his fault. And then the yeah. animals one is just like whoa okay. Really order. I'm sure they do. <laughs> mm. I know. Like you're right actually because the head is like accidental. Mm-hmm. And then wet in the bed. The, is the bed is like is basically accidental. It's not like yeah, he does it on purpose. Common enough in kids, and then and it's, it's also like, just like their environment. They're probably scared. Yeah, and it's not like you beat a dog or a pet to death accidentally. Mm. No, you're onto something, Tris. We make our own triad, the McGuinness, <laughs> the McGuinness triad. <laughs> no, I don't want that to be our legend. Our legend, <laughs> our, our legacy. <laughs> I've been doing that all week, by the way. So be what? prepared. For what? Saying the wrong word and then like two seconds later saying the right word. <laughs> when Trevor was a boy, at some point he suffered a blow to the head, resulting in a permanent hairline fracture and a splinter of bone forever pressing on his brain. What? Apparently, yeah. Yeah. Gross. All so sore. <laughs> oh. Well, you know your brain doesn't have pain receptors. Oh, right, okay. It's okay, so it, it doesn't hurt. Of right. course, in retrospect. Really? Wait, yeah. is that why in movies when they drill through the skull and they start poking around? Yeah. Hurt? Right? Yeah, only like the skin and obviously it will hurt. Like, oh, that will hurt. Mm. But the pain, the brain mm-hmm. itself has no pain receptors. And that's why, you know, that's... that famous like YouTube video of the guy like playing the, the guitar when he's like gotten a brain operation? What? Have you not seen that? He's playing no. like the banjo. No. While people are operating on him. The fuck? On his brain. Did, did that for, for likes. <laughs> it was just to make sure that they didn't like press on something that would stop his motor oh, function. You're so right. Mm. Because I've seen that in The Good Doctor. Really oh, good show, by the way. Oh, I can't. He, really good show. He makes me think of, he is forever Norman. It. He is Norman from the Blitz <laughs> Motel. Don't let that put you off, people. Watch The Good Doctor. It's in the name. It's so oh, good. Okay. In retrospect, many people, including his mother, point to this event, the brain drama, as a pinnacle turning point. His character and behaviour all changed for the violent after this. As what Trevor caused huh? the head injury? It doesn't understand. really say. Okay. Okay. All I right. never find out. Quite usually like a swing or, Child, like or falling down the stairs or something as Trevor grew from childhood to ad- adolescence so did his 
reign on Manchester, from bullying and vandalism to theft and burglary. When he was 15 years old, he was eventually caught and arrested for his crimes, charged with 20 different offences and sent to an adult prison for a year. What age was he? When he was 15, he was sent hmm. to an adult prison, which is like the last case we did. Yeah, this is like back in the day, though. This is the 70s, yeah. though. It's not, th- it's not as old, it's not as, old as, as the other case, no. Harold Jones. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think that a year in a man's prison would change Trevor? Probably just make him worse. Yeah. Pick up tricks of the trade. Yep. Well, uh-huh. um, when he was 16, he like, was... Like, oh, he's basically with a bunch of mentors. Exa- he's exactly. He's with people yeah. his own age. They won't know as much. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, and one of the things he liked... Well, he didn't like prison. He hated prison. But one of the things he picked up was alcohol. He was finally introduced to alcohol. And, oh. mm-hmm. and when he was 16 and he was released, the first thing he he could do was get his hands on some good alcohol. Eventually, Not toilet alcohol. <laughs> I know, right? I don't understand what that is. What? What are they doing in the toilet? Are they using the water to brew? I think it's yeah. like what are they more doing? airtight, I think. I don't know anything about how alcohol is made. <laughs> <laughs> I just, like, I've seen, the, I watched some of that Jailbirds and they like okay. oh, did ferment fruit and like liquids in a bag in and the water. it's alcohol. No, but they did it in a bag, not in the toilet. Like, because it's fine if the bottle is just sitting in the toilet, but if they're using the toilet water in some way. I have no idea what the toilet's all about. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, me neither. Mm-hmm. Okay. So Trevor, at like 16 or something, crazy, turns into an alcoholic and he's an angry drunk. Often getting into shouting matches and physical brawls with other pub goers. But Trevor loved the violence. And over the year, he would escalate these bar fights. One afternoon in 1972, Trevor was getting sloshed in the pub with his friend Stanley O'Brien. Everything was going fine until it was time for the next round. Both were convinced it was the other's turn to buy the disagreement grew. <laughs> I know. This <laughs> is so oh, trivial. Yeah. Like, come on. The disagreement grew more and more hated. Trevor stormed out in a rage, stormed out of the pub, and returned soon after with a pickaxe. <laughs> yep. Escalated so fast. And your man sat there in the pub. Well, I suppose he didn't think he was going to come back with a pickaxe. No. Would you ever... Where do you even get a pickaxe? <laughs> Trevor, Trevor struck Stanley repeatedly in the head with the heavy, sharp, pointy axe. Trevor was immediately arrested and taken to the police station. While well, Stanley... Like, did he huh? Did he do it in a public, like, in front of people? Yeah, in the pub or outside the pub. People would be freaking out. Yeah. And you're just on alcohol at that point, not drugs. I mean, that's... He's just on the booze, yeah. Stanley lived for a short period in chronic pain and disablement from his injuries, but eventually Stanley succumbed and died. Oh, okay. Before he had died, though, um, Trevor was given five years for battery and wounding with intent. While in prison, Trevor was furious that he was back in prison and blamed Stanley. (laughs) Stanley! (laughs) 
It's like you hit him in the head with an axe. Clearly Stanley fault. <laughs> Come on. Trevor spent two and a half years stewing over the pub brawl. <laughs> in prison. What went wrong? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Oh, in geez. prison, while he wasn't stewing over Stanley, he was obsessing over a fourteen year old girl, Beverly Driver. What? What? Yeah. That is such a yeah. cool name. Yeah, right? Beverly Driver. Okay, I but beg my pardon. It's not going to er- be good for Beverly. Yeah, I think earlier I said he was like 16 or something. He's in his late 20s. I was thinking that yeah. at this point. Yeah. yeah. Beverly was a child he had noticed around the neighborhood. He had developed an obsession with her and would write her letters telling her how much he loved her and wanted to start a relationship with her. The 14-year-old Beverly wrote back and said she wanted nothing to do with Trevor and she wouldn't ever want anything to do with someone who would attack viciously someone with an axe. The fact is she has to point that out. Also, I am a child. She said she would never meet him and stop writing her because she doesn't want anything to do with him. When Trevor was granted parole after serving just two and a half years, he left the prison. Me. Two and a half, excuse my language. Two and a half years? Yeah, for... He murdered someone with a nice picks. Pick, pick, pick. I was looking at that too. But so he was in prison and he was sentenced for wounding with intent. But your man then but died. then he died. to his injuries. Yeah. That counts as murder, no? Or like, I know th- that they have to change the charge if they didn't change it. Yeah, they mustn't have changed. I don't know. So oh. that's why it was such a short time. So he got five years and then he got out half with good parole or with good time. That's so fucked up. They're uh-huh. letting this monster just out into the public. Yeah. yeah. So dangerous. So Trevor left the prison still furious. Still furious with Beverly Driver and determined to murder the man who ruined the past few years, Stanley O'Brien. Wait, Stanley is dead? Yeah. What? Trevor Trevor doesn't know that Stanley's dead. Oh my god. (laughs) Okay, this is interesting. When Trevor was able to get in contact with Stanley's associates, only for them to tell him, Dude, you already murdered him. Trevor was uh-huh. even more furious. This I whole, knew you were going to say yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. This whole time, Stanley had, had already died and he didn't get to see it. Trevor wished he had been able to finish Stanley off that night in the bar and witness Stanley's death. This person was his friend. Yeah. And they were friends up until the point of that he wouldn't pay for a round or whatever or whatever. Did I tell you about my crazy dream like about a month or so ago? No. So I had a dream that I went to Mexico with like Kirsty, Toya, Jaren. There's like a whole bunch of people. But like, Uh so we were in Mexico staying in a hotel. And then like I seen that everybody went for margaritas without me. And I got really Uh angry. So I like killed them all in their sleep. And then I... I, Bury them. With a knife, I stabbed them. And then I buried them. In the home, in the You're hotel garden. Too much stuff. You what? What? You, in a garden? I buried them in the hotel, like lawn, and like the garden. Oh 
Oh my god. Oh. Then I woke up and I was like, <gasps> That's really oh scary. God. It was. It was really scary. It felt oh so real. God. Wait, did you have this dream after you looked into this case? No, it was like a month ago. Hmm. That's quite yeah. you think. Yeah, hmm. I'm not too sure. It was it was I think I had some cheese before bed and I was just having crazy nightmares. Yeah, that is apparently a real thing. No, it happens to me all the time. Don't screw with Miriam and her margaritas. <laughs> She's a margarita's very serious, especially oh the spicy ones. Yeah. And it's like, I hate those, like, oh, the spicy ones are so good. But I hate those dreams and they, like, stay with you for a while. I was just like, but it wasn't it's like you, real. You feel them in your bones. Yeah. It's like in your body. It's weird. Yeah. yeah. I wonder what that is. Oh, it took me forever to, like, shake it. Mm-hmm. But Trevor actually did kill his friends. So okay. at first I was like really annoyed that I wasn't invited on this Mexico trip. And then I was like, actually, I'm good. <laughs> but seriously, if you go to Mexico, I want to go. Of course you're coming to Mexico. <laughs> and I'm I... buying you a margarita as soon as we get there. I can't remember. <laughs> one every day. Oh my gosh. Maybe you were there. I can't remember. You know those dreams when it's like, it is yeah. somebody, but it's not them. It doesn't look like them. It's all right, you know, Those dreams are so strange. Stop trying to see a face. Travis, right. I would definitely so. kill you over a margarita. <laughs> don't, don't you worry. <laughs> okay, um, back to this awful, awful story. Sorry, sorry. sorry. <laughs> okay. Yes, okay, what's okay, happening? Okay, so, so Trevor is, like, super unsatisfied. Uh, that he didn't get to kill Stanley, like, face to face. So he's double downs on his revenge against teenager Beverly Driver. Ah, Jesus. On New Year's Eve 1974, an intoxicated Trevor went to Beverly's house. However, she wasn't in. Instead, he picked up an axe and smashed it through her window. <sighs> Trevor then drunkenly combed the streets armed with a knife looking for Beverly. <laughs> Imagine you seeing a man just with the axe. I know, right? Yeah. On the street. Knife. It's got a knife. Knife. Are we? Are, we're, we're probably in like the fifties now, are we? No, we're in the seventies. Oh, Jakers. Yeah, it's nineteen seventies. Nineteen seventy-four. What? What? Beverly's old enough now. No. No. She's like seventeen. Oh right. Oh, oh yeah. okay. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry. I think he was born in forty-five. Yes. Yes, you see that sometimes the first date sticks in my head. Have you noticed that? Yeah, that, that happened the last time. You were yeah. like, but it's 1905. Yeah, it and I was like, it's not. Yeah. I like <laughs> cling on to that first date because <laughs> it sets the time period for me. Does that make sense? And I'm thinking of it. Anyway. Yeah, yeah. All right, we're in the 70s. In the 70s, 1970. Imagine living through the 40s, 50s, 60s and 70s. I know, yeah. It feels like Crazy. the past... 20 years have all been the same like right they're not as different as the the 60s the 70s yeah the 80s, each and the period 90s. is like definable right but the last in like, terms of like 20 yeah. have like nothing oh yeah, so boring well except for covid <laughs> that's a definable moment yeah. of boring, the 20s exactly. he's combing the streets with his knife looking for beverly he then spotted beverly down the street Trevor drunkenly stumbled down the dark street, grabbed her and pulled her into the alley. He spun the girl round only to find it was, in fact, not Beverly. 
why would it be Beverly? I know. Some rando yeah. on the street. He had grabbed 15-year-old Janet Leslie Stewart. On the 31st of December, Janet had finished her job at the local cinema. She made her way to a New Year's Eve party. Janet got dropped off at the nearby corner and she walked the short distance towards her friends. But Janet would never meet her friends. When, tra- when Trevor Hardy grabbed her, he knew this was not his mission. This was not the person he so apparently wanted to seek revenge on. But either way, he took out his knife and stabbed Janet in the neck. Ooh, even though he had seen her face and knew yeah, it wasn't. Yeah, he knew Beverly. it wasn't Beverly. Yeah. Dude. Trevor then carried Janet's lifeless and bloodied body to a clay pit where he robbed her of her valuables and buried her in a shallow grave. When Janet didn't return home after her New Year's Eve party, her parents immediately called the police to report her missing. Over the following days, police appealed to the public for for anyone to come forward with any information on Janet. Pictures of the missing girl were pinned all over Manchester. The papers also covered the disappearance. The community tried their best, but tips and calls all led to dead ends. And a few months later, with no new promising leads, the case went cold. Oh. However, during these few months that everybody was looking, Trevor also was involved in these like manhunts and searches. Ah! Of course, always the way. But also during these few months, Trevor would return to the clay pit with an axe. No. No. He would so- dig back up the body to dismember it. No. Trevor would then chuck body parts in the nearby lake. No. Yeah. Very what sad. What is a clay pit? Did I had to look it up it? too. I think it's, 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 it's sort of like a clay quarry. Right. So first victim is a young 15-year-old girl, so I'm thinking this yeah. probably is not going to go so well. No. It's going to be his, his type, his MO, yeah. his victim. Yeah. Roughly a year after murdering Janet, Trevor started dating Sheila Farrow. Sheila was about 10 years older than Trevor. Okay. Yeah, I was, I was very surprised. I was like, oh, yeah, an appropriate age. In retrospect, Trevor would often liken Sheila to his mother. I was going to say <laughs> mummy issues, but I didn't want to be judgmental because he was doing so well. Yeah. But it did come into my mind. Yeah. It's just That's like, my own prejudice but (laughs) Trevor liked Sheila a lot and showed her affection by gifting her Janet's ring what one of the valuables she had stolen he had stolen from her body this guy is moronic yep Sheila was thrilled and the couple quickly moved (laughs) in together (laughs) oh poor Sheila she was thrilled wait a minute yeah was it almost like an engagement ring or what? what, what no, just a gift. Just like a gift, yeah. Just a Why would you be thrilled with some 15-year-old's ring? It can't be that great. <laughs> you know what I mean? Sheila, you're an older woman. You deserve better. Right? She's like, he's in his late 20s, so she's in her late, late 30s. Probably from Claire's Accessories or something. <laughs> Can you believe Claire's, Claire's accessories? accessories is still going? I can't believe it's still going. Because you've been out of the UK, so I just... just just FYI, that is still a thing. I, every time I come and back, I'm like, it's surprised. still open and it's still in the same spot. <laughs> well. Has it moved? Um, Beside Marks and Spencer's. Oh. 
But all I'm trying to say is it's still a thing because it's in like different counties. Oh, that's cute. Like there's just like all over the country. Yeah. The shops. But little girls love them. You go in and get your oh, hair clips. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh gosh, I used to just go in and like stare at things and then yeah, walk same. out. <laughs> that's Sad. like all anyone does in that shop. That's true. It was like always too expensive for like your, your pocket money, yeah. <laughs> you might get like a headband for your like confirmation or some shit. Sheila <laughs> was thrilled and a couple moved in together. Now Trevor gets to look at his girlfriend and his murder trophy every day. That's what I was thinking that she's got this ring on and he knows what it's from. Oh, he likes that. Right, mm. I'd say so. Mm. Oh, fuck me. What's wrong? I just punched my laptop. <laughs> But it wasn't enough for Trevor. He wanted to kill again. Trevor picked out his next victim, 17-year-old Wanda Scala, a local bartender. On the 20th of July, 1975, Wanda's shift ended, but she hung around the bar to chill and play a few rounds of pool. At about 12 at night, Wanda called it a night and started walking home. Along a dark street, This is when Trevor Hardy spotted her. Trevor crept up behind Wanda with a brick in hand. As Wanda walked home carefree, Trevor struck her from behind. She fell to the ground and he continued to thump her in the head with the brick. He then raped the semi-conscious Wanda. He then bit off Wanda's right nipple. This guy's all over the place. Yeah, it's not even like a routine, like a pattern. No. I mean, the weapons are different. Yeah. The assaults are the different. The assaults are I different. Mean, what? He grabbed Wanda's head and using his thumbs, he gouged her eyes. Stop. Okay, you, I feel like you should have prepared me for this one. Oh, right. There was rape as well in this one, wasn't there? I know. Did I hear yeah. that right? Yeah. Yeah. Why is this Wanda person getting it so bad? What is going on? I have no idea. This is his second murder. Yes, but I think That we he- know of. I believe he only rapes Wanda. Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Trevor then picks back up the brick and smashes her face in, eventually, eventually shattering her skull. Yeah. Oh my so. god. Sorry, guys. I should have put in a trigger warning. Trigger ah. warning. Oops. Yeah, it's bad. <clears throat> Trevor robbed her of her valuables, clothes, and handbag. He then oh. dragged her body away. Wanda was later found partially buried on a construction site. It was a working construction site Wanda was found on the next morning. Her legs were sticking out from underneath the cardboard and bricks. Police were able to quickly identify Wanda's body as she hadn't returned home from work the previous evening. Again, police appealed to the public for information that could help solve Wanda's murder. They also reminded the public to keep their eyes peeled for Wanda's belongings, stolen and kept by the murderer. Wanda's oh, so if he gives something to the girlfriend right. at home? Uh-huh. Like the parents mm. have said, this is what she was wearing. Mm-hmm. Particularly Wanda's handbag and a shoe. After hearing the police... He took a shoe. One shoe. Yeah. Like a trophy. He wanted a trophy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a... He's a sick and twisted fucker. Here we go. After hearing the police on the local news appealing to the public... Two days later, Trevor took the shoe 
and placed it back at the construction site. That is so dangerous. It's so messed up, yeah. He's like to return. He's like taunting the police. But like they know where the scene is. Like, do you yeah. do you want to be caught? Right. It is quite dodgy to do that as a murderer. Oh my god! Yeah. The Wanda murder mystery was sensational in Manchester. Everyone was talking about it. Even Colin Hardy, Trevor's little brother. The brothers went for a drink together and Trevor brought up the murder. The pair talked about it. They talked and talked and talked. Colin noticed that Trevor was actually quite obsessed and unable to talk about anything else. (gasps) Colin asked his brother, why are you so obsessed with this murder? Trevor paused and then said calmly, I did it. (gasps) Colin was shocked but tried to play it cool. It seemed like... It seemed to him like Trevor was boasting. Colin thought perhaps he could just act normal and call the police later. Good man. Uh Uh-huh. This did not go to plan. No. Unfortunately... Don't kill your own brother. (laughs) Unfortunately, Trevor followed Colin home. Stop. Uh Uh-huh. No one can have a drink with this guy. Oh, my God. Yeah. I don't know why anybody is drinking with him. Like, he is just... A live wire. Like, no, no, he doesn't care about any of these people. His friend, his brother, he's sitting there having a drink with them like they're friends. And it's like, no, yeah. he just wants a drinking body. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Oh. It was at the house that Trevor twigged that Colin was acting weird. And he thought that perhaps he shouldn't have told Colin about the murder. In a fit of frustration and rage, Trevor beat the shit out of Colin, threatening oh. him, saying that if Colin saying that Colin was next if he went to the police. (gasps) Trevor beat his younger brother until Colin was unconscious. Trevor then ordered Colin's girlfriend to make him some beans on toast. (laughs) Where are you? I knew that would get you. (laughs) I hope it had cheese. Oh, I love cheese on beans on toast. He's a real psycho if he doesn't put the cheese on. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. What the fuck? Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. <laughs> she she was in the house when it happened. The girl. Yeah, she's seen the whole thing happen. Oh my god, the poor woman. She is like so scared and shivering yeah. and is just doing whatever he says. Of course, oh, of course. My god. I would. I would be like, yes, yes, yes. Also, if I was ordering someone to make me a meal, I would not order beans on toast. What would you order? So, if I had them at like knife point or whatever. <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah, I want a Sunday <laughs> roast. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god, why do we know that? She obviously gave that in her statement. Probably, yeah. <laughs> Just makes him even more of a psycho. <gasps> oh god. Yeah, they always say that like people who can like eat food after they've done stuff like that are like really insane. Yeah, they've got like Don't no morals. Conscience. Conscience, yeah, conscience. So, yeah, Trevor ate his beans on toast and left. Colin woke up and his girlfriend helped him. Helped him to, to like, treat his injuries. And the next morning, the, the, the next morning, the two of them went straight to the cops. They reported the assault. That night? Yeah, well, he was probably, Colin was probably drunk, too. And they're like, like uh, we have to go in when you're sober. Okay, yeah. Yeah. They reported so he the wasn't assault. beaten up too bad then, by the signs of it. I'm not sure. 
But, I mean, enough to go to the prison or to go to this police because they reported Mm. the assault and obviously they, like, took pictures of the assault or whatever and told the police that Trevor Hardy had confessed to him. Mm -hmm. The police immediately arrested Trevor Hardy for the assault and on the suspicion of the murder of Wanda Scala. When the police looked into Trevor's background, they thought that they had a really strong suspect. He had a lengthy criminal record of violence. Trevor was definitely capable of such a horrific murder. However, when questioned, Trevor protested his innocence. With no confession, the police needed to find any evidence that linked him to the murder. And one thing they did have was the bite marks, as well as the perpetrator's DNA. Mm-hmm. When Trevor was arrested, the police took a sample of his saliva. Mm-hmm. It was a match for the killer's blood group. Now, remember, it's the seven days. Mm-hmm. So... It's the blood group. They don't have proper DNA technology yet. They can only mm-hmm. tell that he mm. fits into this large pool of people it could be. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> it's not concrete proof, but he is not ruled out as the main suspect. Of course, because Trevor commit, of course, because Trevor did commit the crime, we know that. We know that he knew what the police would be looking into next. So, the bite mark where he had bitten off Wanda's nipple. Mm-hmm. So, that is like where the police, they're going to go next. They'll be like, we need to match up the teeth. So, he knew that because of the bite mark, they took his saliva. Next, they're going to take his, his, um, teeth. He's going, Same. they're going to take an impression oh, of his sorry. teeth to see if the teeth line up. Because he did it, he knows what is going to come next. And he's like, Right, I gotta fix this before it happens. So while he is Takes still being held to his teeth. Uh, oh, you're so close. Still being held in jail, he was able to get the love of his life, Sheila, to smuggle in a file. Yeah. That would hurt, right? That would hurt. Uh-huh. Wouldn't it? Once you get down to the whatever it's called. Like the pulp? Like the soft bit on the inside. Uh. Uh. Using an industrial file, Trevor painstakingly filed down his own teeth. I mean, like, that just makes you look so suspicious. <laughs> so right? true, right? And also, like, what are, like, what's the girlfriend's name again? Sheila. Sheila, why are you bringing him in a file, Sheila? Yeah, what's that all about, Sheila? Come on, come on. Unbelievably, this actually worked. When they <sighs> took the impression of Trevor's teeth and compared it to the bite marks, the forensic odontologists were unable to make a conclusive match. <sighs> yeah. Police were running out of hard evidence, so they brought Sheila in, asking her, where was Trevor on the night of Wanda's murder? She replied, he was at home with me right she's really going for it she's la- yeah she's mm. I don't know why maybe she believes him what, but, but if he wasn't there him. with why would you lie police had next to nothing linking Trevor to the murder a vague saliva sample and a second hand hearsay confession of a drunk man mm. Tre- Trevor could not be charged with the murder only the assault on Colin, for which he was given a suspended sentence. <gasps> yeah, so he didn't even go to jail for it. 
Trevor was full of rage and alcohol and free to wander the streets of Manchester. Oh my God. And that's where we will end part one. (laughs) Don't leave him out on the streets. He's out on the streets. Uh, Okay. Okay, please rate, um... review and subscribe. Anything else? No, that was intense. I just need to <laughs> Yeah. Have some beans on toes. <laughs> You're have some beans. I actually haven't had that in a long time. I had it not so long ago. But it's damn good. It's like would be really favorite. good. I've never tried. What? Fancy. Fancy it up. Sourdough toast with Ooh. beans and cheese. Cheese on beans on right? sourdough Am I toast? right? That would mm. be even better. <gasps> that does sound good. Alrighty. Okay, we'll see you on the next one, guys. Yes, and thank you to our Patreon, Deborah. Oh yes, thank you. This is a this is a good one. Good choice. Um, yeah. Bye bye. Slanwalia. Bye. Me Time and Murder would like to thank and acknowledge our sources that make this podcast possible. References can be found on our Instagram page.